0: Get back on the wheel. Amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Let's give the choir another hand. I think they would have made Walter Hawkins proud this morning. Amen, amen, amen. What a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen? Amen. Amen. For many did not see this day, but we did. And that's indeed by itself a blessing. Amen. Just a few things that we do want to bring before you're hearing um, on today. Amen. Hopewell has a new member. Amen. Mackenzie Nicole Simone Miller born Saturday, March 19, 2011 at 1230 p.m. Weighing six pounds, nine ounces, 19 inches long. Amen. Sister Dominique and the baby are doing just fine. Amen. Let's give God a praise. Amen. Only God can give life. Amen. Only God can give life. Amen. Zach and Jonathan are proud. Little Johnny had on his Big Brother t shirt yesterday. He's excited. Probably don't even know what he has on, but he's excited. Amen. <laughs> About being a Big Brother. Amen. But Dominique and the baby are doing just uh, fine. Amen. The first Sunday in April, April the 2nd, Amen. We want to help and we want to go along with the Ross family. Amen. As they have the Alana Ross Scholarship Jury. Cookie Lee, amen. I'm trying to get the announcement right. Cookie Lee Jewelry Sale. Amen. On the first <laughs> Sunday, April the 3rd. Amen. Right after morning worship over in the fellowship hall. So we definitely want to go and be of a great support. Amen. To the family and to this farmers. They have very nice jewelry. Amen. So please go over there. Amen. Buy yourself something, buy somebody something. Amen. Be a blessing. Amen. 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 Then that following the weekend. Amen. Amen. amen, amen, amen. April the 8th and the 10th. Yeah. Amen. We really need for a great celebration. Amen. The second weekend in April, amen, will, will be my pastoral installation. Yeah. Amen. 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 I will let you know now there will be tears shed from Friday all the way until Sunday. Amen. So don't be surprised. Amen. It's going to be a great Amen. Great time of celebration. Amen. But it's not just about me. Amen. But it's a celebration for all of us. Amen. Amen. A celebration for all of us. Amen. Then Friday night, April the 8th. Amen. Apostle Larry Barnett and the St. John Praise and Worship Center will be with us. Amen. On that night at 7 p.m. and then on that Sunday morning, April the 10th. Amen, my cousin, all the way from Chicago, Illinois, assistant pastor Leandre Hill of the Three Crosses of Calvary, a Missionary Baptist Church. And then that evening, after morning worship service, we're gonna have a feast. Amen. Over in the over in the fellowship hall, amen. Like no other, amen. We're going to eat, amen, and eat, and eat some more and eat. And eat some more. Amen. So I have to make sure whatever I wear has the, you know, pants or go out just in case so I can be able to indulge the way that I desire. <laughs> amen then that afternoon that even at 4 p.m. will be the official installation service amen Bishop Webb will be with us he will be preaching on the afternoon so we're going to have a great weekend amen that weekend amen amen so come prepared to receive from the lord on the day I'm excited I man I got family uh coming folks from Mississippi people from Texas folks from Chicago I got my eighth grade principal he's coming Amen. So I was shocked by that, but I'm glad. Amen. I guess I must have made an impact in his life. Amen. To travel five hours. <laughs> Amen. I'm not going to tell him I used to mock his voice when he would turn his back. But we're not going to tell anybody. We're not going to tell him that on, on that weekend. But it's going to be a great time. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if you got any questions about anything, because I know absolutely nothing, uh, please see Elder Hodges or uh, Sister Ross and they can be able to give you uh, more information concerning that. Amen. Amen. Next Sunday afternoon, we're going to be going to the Healy Nursing Home from 2.30 to 3.30. Uh, so please, we had a great time last time we went. Um, so please come out with us on next, uh, on next Sunday. Um, that Monday after the installation, we're going to be going down to St. John's uh, for their week of refreshing and revival service that they have every year. I'll be preaching on that night, and the choir will be ministering through song. Amen. So that's April the 11th at seven o'clock. So we do want you to be mindful of those things. And then that following weekend, the 17th, amen, Palm Sunday, we'll be going down to Tams, Illinois um, at 3 p.m. for Pastor James Anderson's um, 16th pastoral anniversary. So we're going to go and be with them on that night. Amen. Amen. Clean-up, fix-up day is next Saturday at 9 a.m. We need your hands. Amen. Come on now as we bust some suds around here and wipe down some walls and do some other things. So we need your help on next week. Amen? Amen. Amen. We want to say happy birthday to Deacon Jeffro. Amen. Amen. He celebrated his birthday on yesterday. Amen, amen. We thank God for him. He's looking at me strange. So we're going to keep going and writing to the scriptures. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Judges chapter 6. <laughs> I know you love me. I'm not worried about it. Amen. Judges chapter 6. And we do also want to make parents mindful that our nursery is up and running. Amen. It is up and running. Amen. So you can be able to take your children over there and you can be able to enjoy service. Judges chapter 6 verses 12 through 16. We uh, mentioned the scripture on last last week, but we didn't have a chance to really deal with it. Amen. The Lord took us in another direction. Judges chapter six, verses 12 through 16. Amen. We thank God for these musicians over here. Brother Joe on the bass, Brother McKelvin on the drums, and Elder Robinson on the keys. Amen. We thank God for them. Judges chapter six. If you're able to stand, let us stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. Starting at verse twelve, I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible when it says this. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, appeared to him, appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of courage. And Gideon said to him, Oh sir, if the Lord is with us, while all of this has befallen us, and where are all his wondrous works of which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hands of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go, and this your might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Gideon said to him, O Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Behold, my clan is the poorest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. The Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. Turn to your neighbor, I had a change in plans of what I was going to discuss this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. say, it's the, it's the God in you. Come on, find, turn somebody else and tell them, say, it's the God in you. God in you. Find somebody behind you and tell them, say, listen, it's the, it's the God in you. Father God, we thank you for this time that we have. We thank you, Father God, just for who you are. Lord God, we ask and pray, Father God, that you will be with us, oh God, to open up our hearts, our minds, and our ears, oh God, as we go into your word on today, and we ask all these things in your name, we pray, and all the God's people said, amen. amen, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord, it's the God in me, uh, can I just talk to you for a little bit this morning, saints, is that alright if I just talk a little bit, alright, when I, use the term and say that god is up to something and that i'm glad to be a part of it i don't just use those terms just for a cliche i don't just use them just to be saying just to have something to hype you up and to get you excited but i know if i know nothing else i know that god is really up to something i know um that god is getting ready to do something i know that god is getting ready to manifest himself in the great way amen and I know that in order for God to be able to do that, as we've been looking at the scriptures dealing with um, supernatural interventions, and we look at that and we see how God shows up awesomely on the scene and does the miraculous and do wonderful things, and he, and he does things that no one else can be able to understand, and he does things that blows the minds of those because they had little. We looked at the widows that only had little. They had a little bit of all. but God took that little of all that they had, and God used it for the glory, used it for his glory, and he used it in a way. That nobody else could be able to explain, God, how in the world could you take a little bit of that oil and allow me to be able to eat for the rest of the days of my life? How, God, could you be able to take a little bit of oil and allow me to be able to have money, to be able uh, uh, to pay all of my debt off? God moved supernaturally, but in every supernatural move of God, God does his thing, but that's also a part that we have to play as believers, Amen. Uh, come on, y'all gotta talk back with me today. Minister Kurt, turn that air on a little bit. Let's get the saints comfortable so we can have a conversation this morning. <laughs> Amen. In every supernatural move of God, there's always a part. That we have to play in doing it. There's something that we have to do. That's some move that we have to make. That's something that God desires to do on the inside of us. And what I love so much about God. Is that before the supernatural thing begins to take place in our lives. He has a way of preparing us. He has a way of getting us ready. He has a way of setting us up. To prepare us for what he is about, about to do. God. Is up to something. Take your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. God is up to something. And I'm glad to be a part of it. God is up to something and he is getting ready to do something that is literally going to blow our minds. But the thing about it is, saints of God, we have to be in position and we have to be ready to be able to receive and walk into the full manifestation of what God desires to do. Because I don't know about you. I don't know about anybody else. But all I can speak for is myself. I don't want to miss the moment. I don't want to miss the moment. I don't want to miss what God desires to do. So it's up to us, as this choir was singing, for us to get back on the potter's will so that God can make us over, so that God can reshape us, so that God can remold us, so that we can be ready to receive everything that God desires to do in our life. Because if you're not ready, you'll miss your moment. If you're not ready, you will miss the thing that God desires to do. If you're not ready, if you're not getting your house in order, if you're not getting things right in your life, if you're not getting things together in your own personal affairs, you will miss your moment. And again, I don't know about anybody else. I don't want to miss it. So God, if I have to get back on the potter's wheel and stay on there for a little bit extra longer, I don't mind. Because I know that you're getting me ready for something great. And I know, God, that you're getting ready to do something great. I know that you're getting ready to move great. So I have to take heed and prepare myself for the next move that God is about to make. This past week, there's been so much that has went on. I went to St. Louis on Friday. Uh, Went to a wake of a young man, 34 years old. Spent half of his life in jail. Gets out. He's trying to make his life over, do things right. But that mentality, his mind got him caught up. Doesn't leave, Afraid to leave out of his house for five months. Stuck in the house. And now at the age of 34 years old with a two-year-old daughter left behind that would never be able to fully know her, know her father. Mothers mourning over the loss of a son, brothers and sisters are mourning the loss of their brother. And his life, as we know it, is done. There are strange things that are happening and taking place. And I'm not I'm not real sure if all of us are really paying attention to the things that's going on in the world. And the things that's going on around us and the things that are happening. God is really trying to get our attention to let us know, listen, somebody need to wake up and hear what I'm trying to say. Because I'm moving in the way that man does not understand. I'm moving in the way where I'm just coming through. And folks are missing. They're missing. They're missing. So many times we prepare so much about our, we prepare, we take so much time and effort into preparing our life here on earth and we forget about there's life after death. And we fail to prepare for that life. We're so caught up in the world. We, we want to live right. We want to drive the right thing. We want to wear the right, right stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. We let like, hey, you want to live, come to life. That's fine. But we can never get to the place where we forget about God. Amen. We can never get to the place where we're longer after so many other things. And God takes second place. In our lives, we can never get to the place where we're running around trying to make money because it does not matter. You can have eight jobs. You can have 10 jobs. You can have 15 jobs. But if you'll put God first, you will never think uh, ends will never meet up. Things will never get accomplished. If you never put God first, God is really trying to get our attention. Earthquakes and different things are going on every day. Japan, they're coming out with a new total of people that are dead. So many things going on, going on around us and we're so caught up in the things of this world and the things of the, and everything else and we're missing out on what God is trying to get us to see. Can't you see what it is that I'm doing? Can't you see how I'm moving swiftly and quickly? Get a fall was on Facebook this past week, a lady, she's not uh, biologically my aunt, but she was like an aunt to me. Had no idea she was sick, 50 years old. Dead. Dead. Let me just throw this side note in there. If you have your health, you got everything. You may not have the job that you want. You may not live where you want to live. You may not have the car that you want to have. But if you have your health and you're not hooked up to some tanks... You're not on a whole list of pills and all that other stuff, but you have your life and you have your health and you're able to walk on your own. Don't you know how many people would pray would, would pay to be able to walk on their own to be able to bathe themselves? Amen. And we take for granted these things. And all we're caught up in me, 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 me. I want this. I want that. I need this. No, what, you need the Lord. <laughs> you need Jesus is really what you need. But we say, God, you're not enough. I need, I, need, I need more clothes. I need more material things, God. And yet still, God, you're not enough. And he keeps making a way. Yeah. He keeps bringing us out. He keeps delivering us. But still, God, I need more. I need more. And we're searching for something and looking for something that only, that only God can give us. Looking for it in people. We never find it. Amen. We'll only find it in God. Looking for it in money. You'll never find it. you still be depressed and upset. <laughs> Looking forward in material things you never find. You will still come up short every time. We cannot miss this next move of God and what he desires to do in our life. God moving supernaturally is not just him coming and asking us. It's not God moving supernaturally It's not just us asking God to come and and to fiddle around with our mess. No, it's not. But it's not denying ourselves and realizing, God, I ha- there is no way I can be able to do this. No way, God, I can do this. And the only way it's going to get done is by me acknowledging how insufficient I am, how broke I am. How jacked up I am and how you are the only one that can be able to come into my life and make a difference. Somebody has to agree with me this morning that if we want God to move supernaturally in our lives, we have to deny ourselves and stop thinking. Because the problem that we have, I feel like preaching now, the problem that we have is that we think so much with our minds and with our own intellect. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care what PhD and what school and what seminar and what class you take. You're, you're an intellect measure nothing up to the awesome power of God I can't stand people you think you're so smart and you, you got all this other stuff you got degrees, you took a class I, I'm a license this, I'm a license that it means nothing when it comes up to the awesome power of God but still yet still if you have a PhD you cannot put the moon in the sky you can't set the sun up there you can't cause the sun to go down it does not matter what degrees that you have you cannot touch somebody and their life is you can't touch somebody and their life begins it does not matter what degrees you have it means nothing in the sight of god now listen i'm not saying don't go to school to get degrees because that was the case i'd be mad that i got all these student loans right now but when it comes with god the bible says his ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts so he moves in the way that goes beyond human intellect We're trying to figure out it. We're trying to put God in a box and we're trying to measure things out when God has said, would you just please stop and let me be God and let me do what only I can do. Can you let me be who I have been designed to be? Can you let me do what I have been designed to do? Can you let me say what I have been placed here to say and stop trying to put me in a box and trying to meet and, and trying to go ahead of me and just allow me to lead in your life. That's the problem. This is the problem that the children of the Israel had. Joshua has taken them. When Moses died, Joshua steps up to the scene and he takes them over into the Land, And they're able to receive every, every promise that God had given them. But soon Moses dies, the leader dies. And just what God took them out of. And they go right back into it. Took them right. They went right back into it, and they started worshiping other gods. They started putting other things before God, and now God has become fed up with them, and He's given them judges. Every time they cried out for a ruler, every time they cried out for a judge, He gave them a judge. But when He gave them the leader, they didn't want to listen to the leader either. Uh, no, nobody want to go with me on that one. That's all right. That's all right. Nobody want to go. He gave them just what they asked for, but when they get there, they don't want to hear what the joker's got to say. So not only are they ignoring the judge that God has put there, but they're ignoring God. And God is saying, you expect me to bless you. You expect me to You expect me to give you what you're asking me for. Every time they cried out for a leader, every time they cried out for a, for, for a deliverer, every time they cried out for help, God gave them help. And what I love so much about God is that even when we're in the midst of our stuff, doing things that we should not be doing, saying something we should not be saying, he still hears our cry and he gives us our help. It shows us about his love. It shows us about his grace. And it shows us about his never-ending and in mercy how could you turn your back on the God that while you were in the wilderness for 40 years you did not outgrow your clothes but your clothes grew with you you did not outgrow your shoes but your shoes grew with you could you imagine for 40 years you're walking in the same thing and you're eating good every day because he's making provisions for you to be able to eat and every day your clothes is growing with you Ah, I can't get no help here today. That's all right. That's all right. Every day he's making a way. But they turn their backs on God and they ignore the voice of God and they fail not to listen to God's instructions. And so in here in Judges chapter 6, God turns them over into the hands of the Midianites for seven years of oppression. Now the children of Israel, they have subdued and conquered the Midianites. But now because they're so weakened and impoverished. Not because they're so twisted and jacked up because they have turned away from God. But listen here saints of God this is what we have to realize. I'm still talking about supernatural intervention. What you have to realize is saints of God you cannot walk away from God and expect to keep the benefits. Amen. Uh, don't nobody. Okay. Well preacher bring that in 2011 terms. If you get a divorce from somebody in marriage you're taking back that stuff that was yours. You're taking back that stuff that we may have done together. We're going to work it out because we're no longer together. So now you have no rights or entitlements to certain stuff. And so it's the same way with God. How dare you walk away from God and still expect him to bless you? How dare you walk away from God and you still expect him to do and ask him for all these different things. But you don't want to hear his voice. You don't want to take heed to his instructions. God said, I will put you into the hands of those that you conquered. He said, I will flip the script. I will turn the stable and put you in the hands of those that you conquered. And see, the Midianites, they weren't dumb. They said, listen, we're a small number, but we're going to meet up with some other jokers and we're going to pull some other help and make a coalition with the uh, uh, Amalekites and pull them together with us. And now they're going to work with us to oppress Israel. The Bible says, even the stuff that they grew in the fields, they came and took it. Came and took it. Why? All because they turned away from God. God was looking for somebody. He finds a man by the name of Gideon, whose name means to strike down or to cut away. He gets Gideon. Sends an angel his way. But before then, God sent the prophet. He's an unnamed prophet. We don't know who he is, but he sends the prophet to warn the people. You better listen. (laughs) You better listen. Come on, tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Neighbor. warning always comes before destruction. So he sent the prophet to let them know you better get stuff in order. You better get stuff right because if you don't, you're going to fall into the hands of an angry God. But they didn't take heed to what he said. And so God uh, found a man by the name of Gideon. And Gideon said, God, he said, listen, uh. he, God told you, the angel said, listen, listen, you mighty man of, of courage, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said, uh, who are you talking about, Willis? He said, Definitely you're not talking about me. He said, Listen, I'm the last in my family in, in my family's life. He said, Listen, we have the weakest clan of all. How in the world are you gonna use me to be able to deliver Israel? And God is trying to get him to understand. G- Gideon, don't you understand, brother? I'm just using you as a vessel, and all you have to do is open yourself up, and I will give you everything that you need to be able to conquer the assignment. Because what I love so much about God is that those whom He calls, He qualifies. So it's not so much, and that's a word for somebody to day. Stop trying to measure yourself up to somebody else. Stop trying to measure yourself up to whatever other people want you to be. Because what happens is you drown in your own dreams. You drown in your own visions. You drown in your own God given potential because you're caught up in what other folks are going to say. You're caught up in what other people are going to think. You're caught up in what they're going to say about you and how they're going to view you. So what would they think about you? I can't get no help today. He said, listen, I will give you what you need. He said, because it's not you doing it, but it's the God working on the inside of you that's going to be able to get the job done. God is looking for some people that will open themselves up and say, God, I'm scared, I'm nervous, I don't know, but I am available, God, for you to do whatever you want to do in my life, to use me however you want to use me, Father God, not for my own glory. But for your glory. But God is something. listen, these walls that you got, Gideon, he said, these walls that you got in your life, those things have to come down because they're blocking the manifestation. They're blocking the supernatural power that I desire to do in your life. I was up last night watching. It was a TV miniser- miniseries that came out in uh, 1989. The, wo- the Women of Brewster Place. We all know that movie with Oprah Winfrey and Jack Gay and Robin Gibbons. And the women came from all walks of life. They have been through all of them. They were there in that in that building. All went through some things. They all had different experiences in life. But all of those experiences brought them to one central location. And so these women are there, and they've and they, they, they been through this, they've been through that. But they all have one thing in common. Walls and barriers have been created in their lives. They were blocking them from the freedom that was blocking them from everything that God desired to do in their life. They were blocking themselves from them. But what I love so much about the story is that they, 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 in their minds they were blocked. But also there was a wall at the end of the street that blocked progression. And it was a whole bunch of activities that was going on down there. It was a whole bunch of stuff. It was drug dealers by the name of CeCe that was down there selling drugs. And he was putting graffiti on the walls and all those different things. There was so much going on that, listen, kids were eating out of garbage cans. But it took the rape of one tenant for the people to stir up enough boldness to bring down the wall. Because when the wall came down, When the wall came down, the people experienced a release and a personal freedom in their lives. what, what, What are you trying to say this morning, preacher? What I'm trying to say is they were all being prepared for something, but they couldn't walk into it until the wall was demolished. They were all being prepared for something. God was doing something on the inside of each and every one of them, but they could not walk into it until the wall came down. And so Oprah Winfrey was the first one, and she walked up there to the wall, and she took something out of the trash can, and she started knocking the bricks out the wall, and she said, I'm the only one by myself and others came down some of them were scared they didn't know what was going on but they joined in with the crowd all it took was one person to make that first step and they started moving and they said listen we're not gonna wait for the city to bring this wall down we're not gonna wait for the city council to have a meeting to bring this wall down but we're gonna bring this wall down now because I have to experience some freedom in my life I gotta have some peace in my life I gotta have some joy in my life I gotta live my life and this wall is blocking me from my progression this wall is blocking Blocking me from my freedom. This wall is blocking me from me. Yeah. Wall came down. The entire wall wasn't down yet. But because they made some work and made a hole in the wall, it gave them hope. Because now that there's a hole, the whole wall can't got to come down. Because a, hall, a wall half done can't stay by itself. But the wall has to come all the way down now. Because we have to experience some freedom and some joy in our lives. Gideon said, God, I'm not the one that you can use. I'm, you got the wrong man for the job. I'm not the one um, that you can use. But God said, listen, I will give you what you need to be able to take care of the assignment that I have put over your life. He said, I'm, no, I'm looking to you, Gideon. I'm looking to you to make a difference. He said, because I've already laid my hands on you. I've already placed everything on the inside of you that you needed to be able to get the job done. And Gideon, he starts off, he said, okay, God, all right, if this is really you, let me give, let me give you a little test. And the Bible says that he told the angel, he said, listen, I want you to stay right here for a minute. Let me go run and get something real quick. And he goes and he gets some food. He gets some meat and he gets some bread and he gets some chicken broth. And he put it on the, he, he, he put it out there on the rocks. He put it out there on the altar. And the, and the, and the Bible said that the angel sent fire on that stuff. He said, okay, now I know you with me. Now I know who I'm talking to now. I've got the right person now. And so he takes, the first thing he does, he takes heed to the voice of God and he listens and he submits himself to the voice of God. But the second thing that he does, I love so much, is that he started in his own house. Oh, I can't get no help right there. He started in his own house. The angel told him this, I need you to go back to your house. I need you to go back to your father's house. And I know they worship there, but I need you to bring down all of those altars that's not worshiping God. And the Bible says, I could tell he might have been a little bit timid because he didn't do it that day. Sister Reese, but he did it at night. But he still got the job done no matter what. Listen, that's the word for somebody today. I don't care what the assignment is that God has given you, the call that God has placed over your life. If you do it in the day, if you do it at night, it does not matter just as long as you follow through yeah. with what God has said to do. And so he tells them, I need you to go to your father's house and I need you to start there and bring down these items. Ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, what's in your house? What's in your house? What's in your house? What's in your house? He had to start off where he lived at first. How in the world am I going to go and deliver Israel when my own house is jacked up? How in the world am I going to go and be delivered to these people when I got all types of stuff going on in my own house? And the reason I see the saints of God is that sometimes we don't experience the supernatural move of God in our lives. is because we have too much jacked up stuff going on in our own personal lives that's blocking us of receiving the full manifestation of what God desires to do in our lives I just need a little bit of help there's about 10 15 people to go with me we'll be all right he said "Listen, I need you to go there and I need you to bring down these altars I need you to bring down these false idols so that I this so that God can be able to rule and super rule in the house and the people got mad at him they said Get in who you do they said first of all who are you what are you doing who gave you the power? Who gave you the authority to be able to come over here and, and, and bring down our idols and bring down our altars and bring down our gods? And his father steps up on his behalf. He said, listen, if Baal is so bad, let Baal send up for himself. But if he can't, leave him alone. Amen. So many times, we have things going on in our lives. Strongholds going on in our lives. And we hide them we put it in, We kicking it underneath the rug. You know when you got company come over, coming over and you didn't really expect them to come and you hear that doorbell and you look out the window you see who it is and you just start scrambling through the house. You're storing stuff everywhere. You're putting stuff in the bath. The bathroom turns into a closet. You're putting stuff everywhere. The sink turns into all types of storage bin. You're just putting stuff wherever it can go because you got people coming and you don't want them to see the mess in the house. You give the appearance that the house is clean. But if I just do a little bit more investigation, I'm going to see that there's stuff as out of order in this house. And the only reason why you put stuff up was just to, give, was to fool me to let me think. But no, 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 no. You can walk into a house and you can tell what type of spirit is there. If you got discernment, you can walk into a house and you can sense, oh, 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 okay. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, 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 yeah. I, 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 I know what's going on in these neck of the woods. You just know. But the thing is, you have guests that come over, but you never know what room they're going to go in. So you have to always be prepared. Because while you're throwing stuff in the bathroom, somebody might need to go in there. We give the appearance that everything is all right. But it's really not. And God is saying, listen. Let me put you back on the wheel. Let me make you over again. Let me put you back on the wheel so that I can be able to work the kings out. I'm not mad at you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And he's willing and he's waiting to work with us. But we got to acknowledge, I got a problem. I got to acknowledge it's something going on that I need help with. I got to acknowledge there's things that's going on that's out of my control so that God can be able to fix it and put things back together the way that they need to be. Gideon had to start his own house first. What God desired to, to do in his life had to be a private before it was public, so that God could really do what he desired to do in his life. And he goes out and he starts following, and what I love so much about it is that Gideon, listen, He he, he doubted himself. He looked at where he came from. He looked at how they was equipped and what they were able to do. But God said, it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter what you don't have. I can still work through you if you let me. Isn't that a miracle? That God looks looks at us and says, I know where you came from. I know your story. I know what you're caught up in now. But if you will surrender yourself to me, I can work through your life. I can work in you and I can work through you for my glory. God chose Gideon because he knew that Gideon was not going to try to take the glory for himself, but that he was going to give all the glory and the praise. God, God is looking for some individuals that will say, "God, this thing is not about me, but it's all about you." Bible goes on to say, I'm almost done. They went and they got the man, and I think he started off with twenty-two thousand men. Twenty-two thousand men. God said, "You got too many." He told the guys, he said, listen, if you're going to be scared, if you're not going to be courageous, go ahead and go. And so they went from 22,000 to 10,000. God told him, you still got too many. Can I tell somebody right now? Can I tell you a little secret right now? You got too much going on. You got too many people around you. You got too much stuff, too much excess baggage that you're carrying that's causing you to slow down for what you need to be doing from how God desires to move in your life. Sometimes you have to cut away and you have to cut off some stuff and some people that's hindering you and keeping you held up from God moving and operating in your life. And so they went from 22,000 to 10,000 and then I believe from 10,000 to 300. God said, I can take this 300 and do what I need to do because I know these individuals are not going to take glory for themselves but they're going to realize it's the God on the inside of me that was able to get the job done. God has power that he wants to release to us. He has power that he wants to instill with us. We already have it. We have to activate it. Activate the power that's on the inside. So that we can be able to do what God has called us to do. Come on, take your name again. Say, "It's it's the God in me. It's the God in me. It is the God in me that's bringing all this stuff together. It's God that's doing this, not me. But he's looking for us to submit ourselves to him. To surrender ourselves to him. You know, I like watching Criminal Minds and Law and Order. And I definitely like Hodge and Criminal Minds. He's just, you know, just has incredible discernment. He just knows how to put things together. But when they go and they get somebody in these cop shows, they tell them, stop what you're doing, stop right there. Put your hands up where I can see them. If they got guns or whatever, they gotta let it go. They have to totally surrender themselves because now it's too late. They have to totally surrender themselves and just give in. God is looking for people today that will totally sell themselves out to Him. Say, God, you can bless me with this, you can bless me with that, but all I want is you. All I want is more of you. All I want is more of you. There may be someone here today. You may not know know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. We invite you to come to know him today. We invite you to come today.